Theme song. Hello, hello, hello again. Once again, we're recording another podcast. Hi, how are you doing? How are you, all of you uh, smart, intelligent people out there? Intelligent yet strangely unattractive. Um, no, I'm kidding. There is probably a mix of... There are probably about approximately two people listening, my two friends. Uh, <laughs> one of you is good-looking, one of you is ugly. I'm not going to say who's which one is which, but I think you'll figure it out soon enough. I don't know. How, how are you doing? Um, this is Josh Trelevin. Josh Trelevin, that's me, making another podcast. This is this is my Space Boat One podcast, the comedy podcast that's not really about space or boats or the number one. It's just, that's just the name, just because it's random, kind of. Um, yeah, so it's another week. It's been another week. Wasn't last week awesome? Live, in case you missed last week's podcast, it seems like it was like ages ago, but uh, no, last week I had uh, Daniel Pelkin and Michael Nadoni on my podcast. I had them on the podcast. I went over to their show, to their uh, house and recorded the podcast. Um but I guess they were, in some way, they were my guest. In some way, I was their guest. But yeah, it was a good one. Uh, and I, I mean, plenty of stuff has happened in the in the, in the meantime. Um, we had, uh, well, we have two ratfishes every week. Ratfishes, two ratfishes. Yeah, that's, that's basically how, you, I think you can say it that way. Uh, we had an open, another open, oh, wait. Just a second. Did we have it? Yeah, yeah, because the week before was the one where it was Thanksgiving, and we did not have an open mic on the Monday. But this, well, uh, yesterday we had um, we had an open mic at Ratfish, and I got to go on stage. Yay! Oh, it was so fun. Um, <laughs> and I did, yeah, I did mediocre, as I always do. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. My performances at Ratfish are kind of up and down. Um, I have had, I've had some good ones and some bad ones. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so yeah, we had Ratfish, we had some, uh, you know, the usual characters went up there. Um, <laughs> the usual, uh, some not so usual, uh, who did we have? Um, uh, Colton went, uh, Colton went on as a, he, <laughs> he dressed up in a costume of like I guess a guy at a beach like he had an umbrella and a hat and sunscreen and sunglasses and I don't know I it was it was a thing it was funny it was uh it was interesting to look at which I think is something that uh not everybody is able to bring to the open mic most people are just kind of eh, standing there they're funny but there's nothing for the eyes to do while they're <laughs> up there, so that's you know that's worth some points, I think. Um, and uh, I don't know the other usual. Hmm, I keep saying usual. I need to stop saying usual. Um, what else should I talk about? I talked about. I should talk about on. Uh, we had an extra open mic actually. Uh, we had an open mic at um, Paparazzi. Then the. Uh, LBGTA friendly, uh, 
I mean, I guess I should just call it a gay bar is what it is. Um, but, uh, yeah, we had an open mic there and, uh, had a lot of cool people show up and, and do time, do sets. The crowd was really warm at that one, like really like ready, uh, laugh susceptible, which is very nice at, at the time, but it also is a little bit hard because you think, ah, they'll laugh at anything and yeah, it's not the best, but it's, uh, I will say this, it's nice to get a variety of, of different, um, and, and when I say it's not the best, I feel like I'm getting spoiled is what I'm saying. It's like, I'm like this whole puritanical guy who's like, you know, no one shall laugh at my jokes. <laughs> um, because, you know, frankly, some of them don't deserve to be laughed at because they're not that funny. But if you get a good crowd and they laugh at the jokes, at least you have a good time and, um, and it makes you feel good in the moment. And, and it at least in, it also encourages you because there's something to work towards in the rooms where you don't get quite as many laughs. So, yeah. So we had that. And it's, yeah, like I was saying, it's nice to have a variety, a variety of different reactions of rooms just so that it's not all just one monotonous thing, good or bad. Anyways, yeah, so that's what happened. And Thursday we had another, you know... Another select show was was fun. Um, who did we? Oh, J- handsome Jim got a haircut. I don't know why I'm mentioning that on the podcast, but that's I don't know. It it floated to the top of my head. He had he had like a like a nice short beard, like a neatly trimmed full beard um, and mustache. You know, all of the whole deal. And it was I guess it was about an inch long, probably about that. Like he's and they called him Handsome Jim because he had that, and he had some, like, nice curly hair, curly dark hair, which he shaved all off. He shaved off the beard and the hair. So now he looks like Mr. Clean. (laughs) Actually, he looks like some of the other uh, comedians that regularly frequent the open mic and the ratfish and so on. But, uh, yeah... I think I think his hair looked nicer before, but he he looks older now, which probably is is better. I don't know, but of course you know hair grows back in, so of course so it's he's gonna have if he wants he can have the curly hair back again, and that's just fine. And I don't know why I'm talking about all this about handsome Jim. Um, I guess I like to mention whatever I happen to see at the open mics and and the various shows around Victoria, just because I like to talk about it. Um, I have a I have just to get into the podcast. I wanted to br- bring out uh, bring out bring up uh, comedy cheats, comedy cheat corner, comedy cheat. Because a few episodes back, I can't remember which episode I, I've done. I'm actually getting up in episodes. We're in double digits now, so <laughs> that's something I almost didn't anticipate when I first started doing these things. I didn't I didn't even know if I was going to get to 10, but we're at, I think this is probably 17. It doesn't really matter what episode number it is, I don't think. Not too much. But, um, yeah, like, uh, one of my comedy cheat, comedy cheat corner, comedy cheat, one of those that I did earlier was about telling the truth or, like, saying what you see or pointing out the obvious as a sort of as a way to get a laugh even though it's not necessarily a joke it is just you just say oh that person's wearing a shirt and then for some reason that gets a laugh all right and uh yeah so so that's 
you know that that works. That's one technique for for comedy, getting a joke out there. Um, but then I noticed this week, and I, I I've I've known this before, but obviously, but I just sort of noticed it, and I thought, oh, maybe I'll talk about that on the podcast. Is there is also there's a comedy cheat of telling a lie. So <laughs> tell the truth, it's funny. Tell a lie, it's funny. But the other thing about lies is if you tell obvious lies. That also kind of, like, people seem to, that seems to turn people's funny crank, I guess. <laughs> They're funny crank. You tell an obvious lie, like, like, um, hmm, I can't think of an example. Oh, I have one written down. Um, let me look. Okay, so Paul McKinnon was hosting, I guess this goes back maybe two weeks now, to a Thursday show, you know, sometime way in the distant past. But anyways, we had Paul McKinnon hosting and he one of the things he said at the beginning of the show oh this is the 25th anniversary of ratfish and which it, which it's ratfish hasn't been around that long but he but he got a reaction out of the room because it's it's not true and we obviously all know that and it's also funny to think of sort of a place where i don't know might be stagnating a little bit where it feels like we've been here forever so there's a few different layers in that, but the the main layer that I liked was just the fact that it is an outright, just untruth. We all know it's not true, and that's why we laugh, right? As opposed to, you know, the opposite of that is where there's a true thing. We all know it's true. It might be something that people wouldn't normally say, like or mention, or you know, but yeah. So telling the truth and telling the lie both funny. <laughs> So I think maybe we're back at square one as far as like a formula for for funniness, uh, besides telling actual joke jokes. But anyways, that was what that was my thought on that. Um, uh, I had another thought too. Um, another thought about about comedy and and doing performance, and that is that um, a lot of times what happens on stage. Let me see. Well, it's like. Uh, a performer will bring up something like some hey, hey what do you think of you know the uh i the conservative party or i guess that was well, speaking of conservative party that's been in the in the news i guess in the in the everything more than just the news it's been our lives because we just we just had the canadian election this is sort of dating the podcast but yeah we just yesterday cuz today i'm recording this on a tuesday Yesterday was the Monday, and we had our election. We had our Canadian uh, federal election, and we elected Justin Trudeau as prime minister. So um, that's just, you already know that, obviously, but that's placing this podcast in time, in case you're, like, in the far distant future and listening, and we're, we're wondering, I guess, if you're in the far distant future, the year now is 2015. It is October um, Justin Trudeau is the Prime Minister here, Barack Obama is still the Prime Minister in the States, um, and Donald Trump is going to be probably the next President in the United States. So that's going to be fun. We're going to have Trump and Trudeau, like two trues in <laughs> as leaders. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so, so like sometimes an audience will bring, will will boo, will say boo, to if if a performer brings up someone like, you know, hey, Stephen Harper this, well, the audience will boo. And sometimes, like, I find that a performer, and this, I'm not sure if this is just the 
the newer or less experienced performers or if they're actually if they know something I don't but I often find that the that performers take that a little bit personally like if they if they mention a thing on stage and then you know the audience boos that thing then the performer will think oh that boo is meant for me because I'm the one on stage um and I don't think it's easy like I guess there is one level where that's kind of true um, because when you there is a very simple interaction in in what is sort of expected is that if you want what you see on stage to stay on stage you might say something like hooray <laughs> or or you might clap or laugh you have a, a few to, or or say woo <laughs> uh, woo like in a falsetto voice um, but there's no, um, uh, I don't know, there's no real nuance. Like if you're booing at a th sort of a, an element of the story, then, yeah, the performer thinks, oh, they're booing for the whole performer performance. But I, I think it's, I think as a performer, I think what needs to be developed is, of course, you have to develop this sense of knowing, um, you have to be a little bit self aware I guess you have to and you have to be self-confident enough to know that y if you do get a boo or, or a negative reaction it on one hand it's possible that it's just to some element of what you're doing but on another level um, it might it might genuinely be to some of your performance but you can't just give up because of that you can't just say oh they're booing okay I'm gone um, I, I mean it, there are some versions like like that are really vicious that are like oh if somebody boos then you gotta get off the stage generally though um, it is the case that you can you you kind of you push through boos and, and the other thing is you don't necessarily want to acknowledge them because if you acknowledge booze, you might be acknowledging booze. Booze sounds like booze, the drink. Booze, drinking alcohol. Um, but you're acknowledging that they're having a negative reaction when they might not be finished. So, okay, <laughs> all of that is to say, I think what you need to do is let the audience be a little bit in character. Sometimes you have to treat the audience almost as if they are a character or a participant in the story, even if you know they're not supposed to, but. I think it just happens, and then so yeah. If you get booze, it's like oh no no no, they're they're getting into character. They're really getting into it, and you and you can ride that rather than sort of snapping out of your performance and snapping out. Hey, quit booing at me! <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that was obvious or or whatever, but it's just something I've seen in various performances at various times, um, and it's yeah, just something to recognize and. Because yeah, you don't think of that when you're on stage. You're you're trying to manage all the other little things like about your own performance, and I'm going to do this, and then then that, and going to do this. So sometimes you, you're not hyper aware necessarily of the character of the audience and where they're at. So sometimes it is easy to just let it just because you're you're devoting a very small percentage of your attention to it. Uh, so it's easy to let it just kind of go on autopilot and be like, no, if they're booing, that means they don't like it. If they're cheering, that means they do. 
and then react according to that. No, it's you need to develop devote a slightly larger percentage of your attention to the audience. Um, so <laughs> I don't know if that helped, or I don't know about helped, but that's this. This is me. What this is is this is me working through my working through how I'm figuring out how to do stuff. And maybe I'll listen back. I'll, well, I'm definitely going to listen back to this myself. And then it'll be like, oh, yeah, I got to do that. Okay. So, yeah, it's a little self-reminder, I guess. A note, a note to self, if you will. Um, uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's what's going on. I also wanted to talk about this other thing about making someone's day by being wrong. Um, and that is like... I I was reading this one story about, um, I don't know, I think it was like a middle-aged to youngish lady, uh, youngish woman, youngish. I'm guessing 20s, maybe 20s, maybe mid-20s, 25-year-old, we'll say 25-year-old woman. Um, and she's, you know, re- relaying this story that she had with, like she really pulled one over, on, not pulled one over, um, got one over. She really... Because it, she, like, somebody was, uh, I don't have the actual story in front of me, so I'm going to have to recreate it. But there was a guy uh, that, or who was a little bit older, a little bit more powerful. I think it might have been a customer um, who was, like, giving her a hard time, right? And, it, and he's like, you know, I really need this, I need this. And then, like, in the middle of the story... I'm sorry this isn't more detailed, but I'm giving you what you need to know anyways in the story. In the middle of the story, um, it turns, and it turns out that she is actually correct, and she is she's right. And he finds out, oh man, I'm wrong. I, and then at that, like what happens next is like, okay, he, he walks away dejected. He's like, oh well, actually not, I, should, I shouldn't say that. He's not dejected. He walks away like, I guess, defeated. But not like, and this is the point I'm trying to make, he's not, he hasn't lost anything out of the exchange. He's like, oh, I guess I was wrong. Oh, well, there you go. You know, uh, (laughs) problem solved or averted or crisis averted and go along with my day. He doesn't necessarily give it any other, a second thought. He's like, okay, well, yeah, fine. I guess he's a customer and he was trying to get some extra thing from her or like an extra um <laughs> concession from her for her business or whatever but anyways then what ha- but ha- what happens with her though is is she goes on and writes you know a little blog post or whatever and she's like oh man like for the rest of the day i was like walking on like my uh <laughs> i was like standing up tall and like i was so happy it's like i really stuck it to him um and it it occurred to me now this doesn't i i don't in this case it was man and woman but i don't want to say it's necessarily a gender thing although it probably does happen to women more often than men but anyways it occurred to me that i i would like to be able to give that gift to people of being occasionally wrong um i think I think maybe I've reached the age and the the self-confidence that I can afford to give a little bit of that away. And I want to be able to sort of 
confront someone with that with a situation where like I'm either demanding something or or you know saying that they're wrong or or trying to you know berate them or something like that even yeah even being a little bit of an asshole to be honest like and and then have them like allow them to beat me right be the villain and allow them to beat me and then the rest of their day they're like ha I got that guy I beat him <laughs> and then <laughs> right because cause to me, that doesn't take anything. That's what I was saying. It doesn't take anything out of my day. It doesn't make me any worse off. But I like to imagine that there are people in the world that I interact with that leave an interaction thinking like, oh, that was great. Like, I really showed him or I, like, I, you know, he didn't think I was anything and I showed him he, I was, he was, I was something. And uh, <laughs> all right. so, yeah, I think that that's something to... I mean, I don't want to necessarily be an asshole on purpose, but it does occur to me that every once in a while, I think it's it's kind of cool to be that person for someone, the person that turns their day around. Um, at the same time, I, I don't know, it might be um, uh, not good for their self-esteem. Or not They might not have... It might not be good to encourage that kind of self-esteem that is based on other people so much. Um, I don't know if it's possible not to be, though, because, you know, we're human beings. We're, we do that. We, we, get, uh, we get attached to what other people think. Um, if you have thoughts on that whole that idea about being the asshole, for being someone's asshole... <laughs> Um, you can always just, you know, uh, I guess send an email to me or um, the the Facebook page has some uh, as a place for commenting uh, the Facebook page. Actually, I don't have a oh, I'll set one up. I'll set one up for this podcast and then we'll, we'll have an official space for talking anyways. Um, but I wanted to talk about also <laughs> about podcasting in general. And what happens in podcasting, um, what I've seen is people are uh, people are always looking for new listeners, and I, I can't say that I'm not, uh, for that matter. And then um, I saw one one example of some people talking about how um, they were listening to somebody's podcast as a favor, like that's what they were doing. Like, oh, I'll listen to your podcast as a favor and, like, you know, maybe give some feedback and stuff. And, and that's fine. I guess people ask for that. Um, and I suppose at this point that's sort of what I'm asking people to do is just listen as a favor because it's like, I mean, it is free, right? Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess, uh, yeah, I've talked about how I'm providing service, I guess, like something for somebody to listen to while they're at work. Um and uh but it 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 does seem a little bit odd um in that like I don't want to be asking uh, let me see how do I put this I don't want to be asking for favors necessarily what what I really want out of podcasting I'm I'm not saying I deserve this necessarily but what I really want out of podcasting is I want each listener to fall in love with me right does that does that sound weird yeah I'm sure it does but um yeah, I'm not looking for just somebody to, oh, listen, oh, uh, yeah, blah, 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 yeah, okay, here's the points you you can improve on and, and stuff like that. I mean, I definitely appreciate getting feedback. Um, it is so valuable. I really do like that. 
but the thing the thing that I really want from podcast from podcast listeners um is just for you to just just love me like um <laughs> you know like just can't wait to hear the next episode and and like oh I can't what's it, what's he gonna say this week and and um and just get that feeling in your stomach of like being in love um which I think can happen and not just in a sexual way uh, that's good too but um I'm yeah I can only be sexual with one person at once right so yeah that's not entirely true is it now hmm I, yeah well anyways uh yeah I'll sleep with as many listeners as until I <laughs> I'll say it I'll sleep with you um hmm yes this did get awkward why did it get I shouldn't be awkward I'm basically, I mean, what this whole podcast is, I'm basically, like, talking, like, into your ear, basically. So, I mean, it doesn't get much more intimate than that. But I realize that you might also be listening. Well, you shouldn't. Actually, this is a not-safe-for-work podcast, so hopefully you're not listening. Or at least if you're at work, it's, like, in headphones or something. Or or you have a very relaxed work environment. Um, but, it, yeah, it does occur to me this this might you know what? It's a comedy podcast. It is not awkward to talk about me having sex with all of my listeners, all in their ears. <laughs> but I, I am gonna stop now. <laughs> cause, uh, yeah. So, so that's what I'm looking for. I'm not looking like, yeah. Some people talk about you know listening. Oh, it's so hard to get people to listen to your podcast. I mean, yes, it is. But um, you know, I, I think the the sweet spot I'm looking for is that that place where people listen to the podcast and just say ah oh, this is exactly what I needed <laughs> I mean I'm probably not doing that for you but that's what that's my dream I guess and uh, that's what I'm saying I'm allowed to dream and you're allowed to dream and we're all allowed to dream so there's another uplifting message from Josh Levin on the Space Boat One comedy podcast um, hmm. Well, moving right along, um, there's something else I wanted to talk about. <laughs> there's, I have just, I have all these, I have a list of notes of things for this, for talking about on this podcast. I wanted to talk about giving and receiving advice, especially in stand-up comedy, because uh, oftentimes it is talked about in stand-up comedy that giving and receiving advice, or it is very, advice is a thing that doesn't necessarily work. Uh, there was a quote from... I think it's Doug Stanhope. Well, I can't remember if that's exactly who said it because I don't have the... <laughs> as All the notes I made, I didn't write down Doug Stanhope's name, but that's probably right. But he was saying that he got an advice as a young comic not to give advice. <laughs> so, I mean, there's a little uh, paradox right there. The advice is not to give advice, but how do you give that advice if you're not giving advice? Um, but the point is that if you give advice to other comics, you're t basically, you're sharing, you're telling them how to be like you. Um, and, uh, stand-up comedy is a thing that is very, uh, in very, like each, each artist brings their own thing, uh, to the stage and is themselves, uh, to a, to a very large extent. They're it is very personal uh art form 
and um yeah so yeah so if you if you just copy other people then yeah and i i know i i've talked before about taking influence and i i think i think maybe you can't really help that too if you if you're hanging around other comedians if you're watching shows you can't help but absorb some influence and that's fine that's allowed but ultimately you do have to be your own self anyways um but I think giving advice is, I think that's a good thing. I think it's good to, I mean, I guess I guess that's a weird thing to say, though. And maybe that's why it's interesting that it, that I, I picked up on it. Is that I think the majority or the sort of the default opinion, or the, opinion the opinion that everyone would have would be that, yeah, of course, you, you want to share advice and you want to share stories and stuff like that and, and tell you know what works and what doesn't work or try this try that don't try that on stage like as a as a comedian um and uh i think yeah i think it is the dissenting view which wake which is what makes it interesting and what makes and i think is why Doug Stanhope gives it is that it is it is a bit of a dissenting opinion to say no ad- advice is not good uh you got to be your own self so there's, I guess there's two opposing viewpoints that I sort of understand both of, and there's another paradox for you. Um, um, but yeah, I think I think that opinion, I think the that opinion is wrong. But I guess I don't know. It could be either way. Um, I think that. Um, oh, but but the other the other thing I wanted to to mention about giving and receiving advice is that sometimes people like the thing to do if you want to well i don't want to say this is cynical or or manipulative 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 um but people you ask people for advice not necessarily looking for advice in fact what you're actually looking for is you're you basically you're saying oh hey notice me <laughs> Right, like if you're if you're kind of a newer comic and you're asking an older older comic or a more experienced comic or a older in comedy age comic for advice, um, you might not necessarily be asking so much for advice. Although advice, like I'm, I'm saying, it's a, it's I think overall is a good thing. Um, but you're also what you're really saying is, um, well, you're doing a couple things. You're breaking the ice with them, something to talk about, you know something you have in common you both do comedy one has been doing comedy longer than the other so the natural thing to reach for is advice but it's it's really just sort of an icebreaker to get you know get that conversation going get the two of you talking together so that you have something going on um and uh and the other thing is yeah like i was like i was saying notice me like hey, you know, I'm this other person in this community, so if you have any opportunities you're looking for, if you need somebody who's kind of funny or who can kind of open a show or do this or that or, or you know, go on the road or uh, all of these other things or just mention my name to someone else or, you know, all of these little things that go on, like asking for advice sort of gets you at least, you know, gets you that first step into to getting to know this person. And, of course, you know, that, that's the other thing you sort of, want to make friends maybe or you know have a relation have an actual human relationship i mean without without even necessarily (laughs) without even necessarily wanting all these other things out of it you just just want to you know talk with a person and advice is a good way to start um 
and then there's the there's of course there's the pit bull quote ask for money get advice ask for advice get money twice yeah i don't know there's my um but of course yeah that's that goes around sometimes is that even if you're asking for if you need something even more substantial like you need uh well i guess yeah, money's one thing, or or like you need an investor, like somebody to invest in you, or or help you put on a show, or something like that. You you ask for their advice, and you might end up. They might be like, oh yeah, okay, you know this, this, and this. They'll start because they think. Here's why, I or I think why it's easy. They think it's easy to just give the advice. They they think, oh okay, advice. That's an easy way into you know I can help this guy start out with this thing, and they start okay. You got to do this step, this step. So actually, maybe on this third step, you might actually need me to actually step in, and I can do that because I because that's see they it's like a little it's like wading into the shallow end of a of a lake or a pool or well I I don't think lakes have. Anyways, do lakes have a deep end? Because the deep part is in the middle, but they might have cliffs and stuff. Hmm. Anyways. <laughs> Any, anyway, anyways. Anyways. <laughs> uh, yeah, asking for advice is like a little, like a wedge into into their, their like how how much they're willing to help you up. And then they can start getting invested because they, they get that vision of what you're trying to do. And that vision sort of infiltrates into their head and like it, it has little tendrils of like, oh, that vision, you know, I can see myself getting, being a part of this vision because I do this really well. And maybe they don't necessarily do the thing that I do as good, even though I could give them the advice and tell them how to do it. I could also do it myself. So that's what advice will do for you. So it's, I think it's a, almost always a good adv- idea to ask for advice. Um, and of course, sometimes you get bad advice, but you got to take the good with the bad and um take the bad with the, well you don't have to you don't have to take the bad advice i mean you have to take it in i mean listen obviously but you don't have to necessarily do what the bad advice is telling you to do i guess and hopefully i mean that's a life skill in itself just being able to sort out good advice from bad advice and i guess that's you know, like if you really didn't know which was good advice and which was bad advice then it wouldn't be I mean, you that would you wouldn't even be able to start asking for advice. So it's not necessarily that when you ask, you're, you're asking them to definitely tell you like for sure what you have to do. It's more of like you know adding little pieces to your picture of your vision of where you want to go and and what you might be missing. So that's basically that's what advice is. Did, was that? <laughs> I don't know. Did that? Did I explain anything, or did I just make it? I think, I think that's that's fine. And the other thing about this is, we all sort of understand already inside of ourselves. And that's like we tie ourselves up in knots, like thinking, "Oh, should I do this? Should I not do this? Like, should I do this or that?" I, I think most of us kind of already have what we need, but it just takes a little bit of thought and a little bit of confidence to say, "No, I'm definitely going to go ahead with this plan A or plan B or whatever." So yeah, okay. So that's advice. Uh, that's me giving you advice on how to take advice. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, oh, and I had this weird thought too of like um, of who to who you're talking to. I don't know if this will make much sense, but um, like when you when you kind of are hanging around in a 
the comedy scene, um, it often seems a little bit harder to talk to, like, I don't know, people a couple levels higher, like, you know, pros and and people who have been doing it for longer. And it's a little bit easier to talk to people who have been doing it for closer to your time. And I remember, like, <laughs> back in, in the game of Dungeons & Dragons, there's this there's a race of creatures who are called the Modrons, and they're a very hierarchical society. And they cannot even... The thing about them is they cannot even perceive, like, another creature. Um, they can't perceive their own species who are two levels uh, either above or below them. They can only perceive um, their immediate superior and I, maybe one more level. I don't even know if they're... But, yeah, they can't even interact and i think that was i think they the reason they threw that in there was because it was like sort of a, a play on how real life works with like how it's, it's hard to to interact with people who are like up a couple levels of hierarchy and i think it's uh, so i think it's a little bit like that in stand-up comedy it's hard to uh it's hard to get even get an audience with somebody two levels higher or two levels lower than you. And I guess that's the other thing. Like from their perspective, you are two levels lower, and it's that makes it awkward for them talking to you also, <laughs> because yeah, because they can't sort of really perceive you either. They should be perceiving the one in between, and they're not really sure how to how to interact from them to you either. So there's that goes both ways. And it goes all the way up to the top and all the way to the bottom. I don't know how many how many levels there really are because we talk about like there are the really you know the, our famous comedians like Chris Rock and stuff. And I suppose that's you know the top level and Jerry Seinfeld and Louis C.K. who are the do the biggest of big comedy shows. And but how many levels would you say there are between them and your open micer who just starts going to you know do open mics for the first time? <laughs> Um, I don't know. I don't even know. Well, yeah, how many levels are there? I'm not even going to guess. I'm just going to move on to the next topic. Oh, the next topic. I don't know, even know if I have enough time uh, to go into this next topic. Um, and this is actually a bit of an old um, t topic. This happened earlier this year, earlier in 2015. Um, and uh, what, it, what I want to talk about is it's Howard Stern talking about podcasting um because howard stern said something i think well i i think howard stern said podcasting is not really that good of a of a medium and um i think someone i think it was ari shafir i know it was ari shafir i don't have to think i know that um was on joe rogan's podcast and was talking about how he thinks that podcasting is I don't know if he's, he's saying it's good. It's the way of the future or something like something to that effect. And uh, Howard Stern was saying, well, it's it's not really a way to get famous. Um, and uh, and Ari was saying, well, what does Howard Stern know? He's old. He's out of touch. And I think Joe Rogan is kind of in the middle, like, which I think that's it's a thing that Joe Rogan is pretty good at is he... He has a, a large variety of guests on, and he's never really antagonistic towards them. He's always sort of trying to see their point of view, and I think that's really cool of him. Um, it's a good, yeah, good way to be. Um, but and at times it can be annoying because it feels like if there is somebody that I really don't agree with on the on his show, then I like get mad at them. Like Joe, like you know, hold his feet to the fire, man. Like what are you doing? <laughs> and sometimes actually, 
in some cases he kind of does like he does ask tough questions sometimes but um Anyways, with Ari Shafir, he was saying that, yeah, uh, blah, 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 Howard Stern's out of touch, and he doesn't know what he's talking about. And I think Howard Stern, he came back on, he responded to this guy on, on his own show, just on a, like, he was just t- chatting about it, about the issue of, um, about podcasts. And he was saying, well, no, you... Uh, you can't make it in podcasts. If you really want to make it and like be famous, um, and be well, he's basically saying if you want to be Howard Stern, like be him, you got to go through terrestrial radio. You, that's the way. That's the the only path because terrestrial radio has a real audience. Um, and by real, I, I think what he means is like millions of listeners, um, which I think some of the bigger podcasts actually do have. Well, I think they have in the millions of listeners or millions of downloads anyways. Um, but I think it's still the case that terrestrial radio is, um, you know, is a bigger and more accessible uh, place for for content creators. Uh, like well, on terrestrial radio, you can just go on and suddenly you can have these millions of listeners. And then you can find out, like, sometimes they'll they'll tune out or you know, you'll find out feedback from ratings organizations and stuff, whether, whether you're keeping your millions of viewers or whether you're turning them off. So what I wanted to say was that I think Howard has a point. But, I mean, on the one hand, like, I don't know if it's reasonable for every or for, yeah every one of us to to aspire to become the next Howard Stern i mean uh i like i definitely look up to him but yeah that's something that well no i mean i it, the thing is if i had the opportunity to become like to do something like that i would take it and i would hopefully i would do that um so maybe maybe what I'm saying is maybe I what I need to do is try and get on the the terrestrial radio of some kind. I mean, I guess the other thing is like why not at least give it a shot? I mean, if if I if I try and fail, then at least I can say, well, that was a thing I wasn't good at, so now that's why I'm turning to podcasting. Um, but if I have never even tried, then yeah, that's I don't know, that's it's not good. So I think yeah, he's right in that sense that at least you got to try. Uh, try this sort of thing, um, but at the same time, I think what I think what podcasting does is it you have to with podcasting it's not mature the way radio is in that you have to sort of build your audience rather slowly and laboriously unless you build it in some other manner like well on social media you can with like Twitter you can just build an audience by being awesome at Twitter. Um, and then you can turn that audience over to your podcast by tweeting about your podcast, and you can—that's how you get, that's how you do it, um, and you get a big, big following just by doing that. Uh, and I guess in this sort of modern age, you can you can twist almost any kind of audience that you get from doing something awesome, like you know, it might be like being on TV one time, or you know. Uh, doing something cool on the internet or whatever and you can turn that into you can consolidate that audience on Twitter um, and then drive that audience to wherever you want to 
you want to take them, whether you want to take them to your personal podcast or whatever. Um, but at the same time, like what terrestrial, what radio has is that it has that built in like hundreds of years, hundreds of years, maybe one, let's say 100 years. I don't know how, when exactly radio was invented, but we'll say almost a century of just of broadcasting of people just that's in our culture that we just expect to be able to turn on the radio and listen to something that we like. And that that basically means that if you go on the radio, you have millions of listeners. And they're older, um, but that's fine. The older listeners also spend money on your uh, on your sponsor's products, so that's that's okay. Um, I think younger listeners are more likely to do things like uh, Kickstarter and GoFundMe and Indiegogo and things like that and Patreon and all those um, but they also, I mean, that's not big bucks. That's just, you know, that's little money, um, unless you're, unless you're really good at it, and then it can be big. So, uh, b- bottom line on Howard Stern is, is yeah, I think he has he has a point about terrestrial radio having its own kind of audience, sort of pre-made, and you're always looking for, like that's the other thing when you go on television, you're looking for an existing audience that already is there because somebody else built it up, and you're there's there is such a thing as building your own audience but it's also your when you build an audience you're taking audiences from not not away from but you're taking audiences that already exist and you're building on those from like from somebody else beforehand so nobody can say oh you know i built this media empire like all on my own like howard stern I mean, he, yeah, he was granted opportunities of people who were already listening for other reasons to other DJs on the network. And he definitely, I mean, he didn't squander it, obviously. He did well with it. Um, and that's what you're supposed to do. That's what you got to, that's how you do it. <laughs> that's how you become awesome in podcasting, just in case anybody else was wondering out there about how to become a great podcaster. As I tell you with my, as I share this with my couple of listeners, Hey, but no, I really I want to grow it. I want to I want to get I want to get more people to fall in love with me, and whatever you know whatever that takes. And I I know I'm not there yet, um, but uh, yeah, I I think I have improved even in the the short time that I've been in doing this podcast, um, as opposed to my other podcast. Uh, but yeah, in the short term that I've been doing this podcast, I think I have improved at whatever this is at least slightly. I don't. Maybe it, maybe it's just my, my imagination. I don't know, um, but I, yeah, I do not know. Um, uh, do we have more time? I do have some more time. I wanted to talk about <laughs> this. Is I don't know. This is dumb, but I'll talk. I'll bring it up. Why do comedians make great lovers? Um, so yeah, I, I think comedians are probably good people generally to have sex with i think at least i think male comedians are um uh i think they they tend to be like they're intelligent and that's that's good and useful um they're able to interact with people i guess um and um this is me talking as somebody who does not currently have much going on in the sex life department but uh, um, that uh, my excuse I'm going to hear I'm going to make some more excuses but my excuse for that is that I don't have much going on in certain other areas of my life and I want to get those 
um, in order first. And I think that some, I mean, that's advice you hear occasionally from time to some, so, some sides you hear. Uh, first you get the money, then you get the, I don't know what you get next. Money, then, then a job. No, job, then money, then girls. I can't, <laughs> I can't remember. Um, but yeah, I, I gotta sort out stuff like, um, employment before I really worry too much about, um, dating and stuff. Anyways, but what I wanted to say, um, was, uh, yeah, I think comedians make, uh, good lovers, uh, because they think a lot about, uh, well, everybody thinks a lot about sex. You know, I, I'm trying to make this case, but it might, I might be wrong, so... Maybe this that'd be a good debaters episode actually. CBC's the debaters if if uh, whether or not comedians are the best lovers. Um, but um, no, the the nice thing about comedians is also they don't get grossed out by a lot of things, and <laughs> because they they sort of talk about like taboo subjects all the time, so there's no real like rev- like. <laughs> I don't know, if there's anything weird that you're into, um, chances are a comedian will be like, oh yeah, at least that'll be like, A, good for a laugh, uh, B, okay, I've heard worse, uh, it's like people talking on stage about it even, um, and uh, yeah, A and B, yeah, that's <laughs> that's like that, um, and uh, is there another thing? I think there's, I think comedians are sensitive I think this goes for men and women comedians. Um, comedian women is like they know what they want because they have to think about, you know, stuff like, like what do I really want and, um, and sort of tell it on stage and like in front of a bunch of people so they better have that together. I guess I don't know. It's I suppose it's possible to be a very sort of innocent, virginal, virginal comedian. <laughs> that would be kind of weird though. Even like most comedians, men and women, they're. I think. I think the majority of them are, are, fairly sexual. Well, everybody's sexual beings. Yeah, I get, well, maybe not everybody. I suppose it's possible that yeah, I, I hear about asexual people, from time to time. Um, it is possible. Yeah. I don't know. I thought I'd have more to say about why comedians make the best lovers. I just think it was just a thought that occurred to me. I might, yeah. Uh, one other thing about being um, okay. New topic. <laughs> I wanted to talk about public figures, um, and that is like you know the, the people who are like public, fi- like people who are public figures, like I guess comedians, for example anybody who's kind of famous and somebody's on television um and you sometimes come up with this uh this situation where people will be will be bothering like a public figure and they'll be like yeah you did something you said something racist or you said something stupid or or wrong or or whatever and they'll they'll bother them and the person will like will like get upset about it like this you know supposedly public figure in quotes and the public figure will will say hey like you know, you cut that out, like, you can't, that's not fair, you're not allowed to do that to me, like, bother me this way, harass me like this, 
and then the the answer from the harasser usually like maybe somebody might be somebody anonymous on the internet or something like that and they'll say something like well i can harass you because you're a public figure um and yeah i, I think i think that's obvious right away that it's not it's not okay to harass people and just because they're a public figure doesn't mean you're allowed to do it um but it does mean that public figure it, it does it is the case that if you sort of work at becoming famous um you get a little bit more of of that um coming your way and you sort of if if you've gone through all of the hoops and all of the necessary stuff like struggling and and scrapping away to try and and gain that fame like do whatever you have to do to to appear in in you know public and 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 work at and if you've if you really truly built that i think you would have already experienced quite a lot of this <laughs> this um what you might call harassment or it might just be like the amalgamated like uh, uh thoughts or criticisms even or or even nasty stuff that comes at you um but uh i would yeah i would expect that yeah if that's that's why we have this thing about public figures sort of being allowed to be a bit more targeted like being bullied and stuff is because we sort of assume that they've in the course of becoming public figures they've deliberately sought out some of that stuff and they've actually they've gone through a lot of it and they should in theory they should be equipped to deal with it and just either on emotion level or being able to shut it down if they need to or you know this or that or you know turn away from it if they have to um but i i think probably what happens is the fact that sort of we have a world now where it's easy to become famous i wouldn't and it's not easy to become famous but what happens from time to time now uh, to sort of people at random is they become famous just for doing one thing and then they, they blow up really big like because we have the internet and we have virality and things like that so um you become a public figure without necessarily having to go through all of the um the process of like oh okay you know i'm i'm grabbing at this fame and trying to claw it towards me like more and more and more um and rather it's just sort of dropped on you and yeah now that i now that i say that out loud it sounds like i think we've talked about that already like sort of in public and we've talked about people who become famous all of a sudden and and that's a, that's it's a trope into itself and i'm sure there's movies about that so i don't know if i needed to talk about that but i just wanted to yeah cuz cuz i've sort of aspired to that like i want to become a public figure myself of some kind um and i'm interested in that and i'm i'm interested in like i want to do it the the hard way or that is like the scrabbling for every last fan kind of way um and um i i'm not necessarily interested in having it all drop in my lap although i do want that to happen um but yeah so so yeah i'm looking for that that for myself and i thinking about i don't think i'm even there as far as like ready and able to deal with you know things like harassment or not not just harassment but just sort of kind of sort of nasty comments and stuff like i don't know from random people um but i'm that's what i i want to work on that and i want to get in gradually like
with I was making the analogy earlier about walking into the shallow end of the pool or I guess the shallow end of, end of a lake, which a lake has shallow ends all around, unless it's got cliffs. <laughs> Anyways, I'm coming towards the end of my time. So I hope you enjoyed just ha- hanging around, chatting with me. Um, I'm not sure at this point whether this last hour has been deep, so I hope you got something out of it. Um, I I apologize for not being more funny, to be honest. And yeah, blah. Um, I guess I don't know how podcasters are necessarily suited for just being funny, funny. But uh, I'm tr- am I trying? I mean, I'm not writing jokes for the podcast, so I can't say I'm trying that way to be funny. But I do wish to be funny. <laughs> Does that count? Does does wishing really hard count? There, uh, that sounded kind of funny to me. Anyways, it's funny how I'm. It's funny how not funny I am. Oh boy. But anyways, like in the future, what what do we got up? And let's let's meet up. Let's you and me. Uh, let's meet at. You know, you can always come out to Ratfish. I'm usually there. Um, Mondays I get to go on stage. Mondays you could definitely go on stage if you're. If you're a stand-up comedian, or if you're even if you're not, anybody's allowed to go up on Monday. You can go up on stage, have your three minutes of fame. You know, you can take everything that I said in this podcast and sort of like you know internalize it and think about it and like let it uh, really <laughs> rot your insides and let it you know freak you out and and um, and then bring that on stage. <laughs> um, is what I'm saying is this is this is your how-to guide to do open mics in Victoria, British Columbia, but yeah. So Monday is the Ratfish open mic show, and it is it is always uh, entertaining, <laughs> and I do not say that with uh, an ounce of that is not meant as a damning with faint praise. I really do find it entertaining. I find it um, immensely satisfactory just to see people try their thing out on stage it might not always be funny and that's i'm not even worried about that i i honestly am not i just enjoy being entertained and then sometimes it is absolutely hilarious and it is so rewarding when it is uh also we have thursday select shows uh last thursday was super fun fun and funny (laughs) and uh, i know i i've (laughs) i said before sometimes they're not always the funniest on thursdays but Last Thursday was a blast, um, and this this coming Thursday will be a blast at the Ratfish Select Show. That's the Ratfish uh, Lounge at the Ramada in Victoria, British Columbia. Beautiful Victoria, British Columbia. Come on down. It's fantastic. Uh, you can watch some really good local comedians. People are coming up, and they're going to be great, and you're going to be able to say, I saw them for $5 at, Ratf- at their little local club, and they were not that great, but now they're super big, and I'm really really glad I got to see them when they were so small still. So, I mean, that's that's the kind of thing you're going to see at Ratfish. Um, it's like an investment in the future. It's a $5 investment. $5 one evening and you get, you can also buy your food. Your You can have a beer. You can have wine. You can have whatever else they have on, on at the menu. <laughs> Things like uh, you can have wings. You can have grilled cheese sandwiches. Oh, I'm getting hungry just talking about it. Um, I hope you've already had your lunch. I don't know. Maybe you're headed to lunch now. So I hope you I hope you think about that. Um, and, of course, you know, we have Friday nights and Saturday nights. Every Friday, every Saturday, we have an awesome comedian at Heckler's, which is in the downstairs part of the Ramada um, 
it's the bigger area and it is always awesome there and those ones are like i i think it's like 12 dollars you have to i'll have to you'll have to look it up yourself but uh, i don't have it in front of me but it is always awesome at hecklers and it's uh, fantastic um what else can i talk about um there are also there's another open mic it is on wednesday uh i don't know if this podcast will be uploaded by t- that time but it is at the strathcona the strath um the strathcona hotel in downtown victoria british columbia it is going to be amazing and i am going to be there and i'm going to be getting my five minutes of time i don't know if i'm going to do well or not we'll see we'll have to find out but it is going to be yeah it's going to be good and other people will be funny if I'm not, but hopefully I'm funny, and I hope you come out and see me. And and one other thing, um, I, I continue to be I, I'm not good at interacting with people. I'm a bit shy, is is what I am, and I often find like I sort of um, I don't necessarily uh, look like I'm happy to engage with people. I just want to let you know that I that I kind of, that I am always uh and i don't mind being well let me see i don't want to say i never mind being interrupted because i suppose well just try like be a little chaotic and be a little spontaneous like like go out of that comfort zone a little bit interrupt and talk and um and i will be happy to talk to you and chat with you um if i don't already know you if i do already know you oh hey how's it going (laughs) Yeah, this is my podcast. What do you think? You think it was great? <laughs> Thanks so much. Uh, yeah, I mean, talked a little bit about us fucking, but uh, yeah, that's how it goes. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do? Um, but yeah, no, if, if, I, if I haven't already met you, then I will be happy to meet you at in person at uh, one of the many shows in Victoria, British Columbia, or, you know, send me a uh, a tweet at space boot one is my twitter handle space set space boot one with o o s p a c e b o o t one the numeral one um and as opposed to the podcast which is space boat one so hopefully that makes sense it shouldn't make sense because there's no sense to it there's no rhyme or reason um but yeah that is i have a twitter that you can tweet at me at um and oh and and do also check out my other podcast the the one that I do with my very good friend and uh super genius with my friend super genius and gamer Ryan Kirkby it is it is that podcast has been really amazing lately amazing lately um I'm really proud of like the work that we do on it because we just sort of we just sort of take off on these topics like and just talk about like we pick a thing like what did we talk about last week we talked about um character class yeah about class because it was a gaming show we talked about but we talked about social class and like where where that fits into storytelling and things like that so um and then it was just just went all over the place like good places <laughs> went to a lot of good places and it was just like just like mind-blowing each other like blowing each other's minds not bodies um but yeah it's a good one um but yeah do check out so that one's called the simulationist the simulationist i know it's a big word but you're my listeners so of course you're all super geniuses also um (laughs) 
is he joking? Is he doing that whole thing about you said about telling a lie and we all know it's not true? Or is he telling the truth? I'm not going to... I'm sh- in probably the case is probably most of my listeners are about average intelligence. Um, and the fact is intelligence in the 21st century, like, and the 20th century sort of was on an upward traject- trajectory, uh, upward trajectory over the decades. And basically our, it's, it's funny because our grandparents are like considered functionally retarded. I, I can't remember what, where I read this. It's probably a bullshit study, but I remember reading it at some point in the not too distant past it's like yeah our grandparents basically the average person was like below like what would be considered i I don't know if there is a standard now but yeah but basically retarded is what we call it i think in schools nowadays i think they classify people according to what needs they have like whether they're going to need extra resources which i mean of course that makes sense as from a practical point of view, of course, you classify people according, not according to, oh, you're dumb or you're smart, so this and that. It's just, you know, what sort of resources resources are you going to need? And, you know, that way you can allocate those resources to the people and you can get the best possible outcome for everybody involved. So the whole world can, all of the people can contribute to the world and the world can feed back in on them. We can have a wonderful society like a, like a utopia. Uh, won't you join me in my utopia? But for now, the utopia is, sadly, it has come to an end. This is the end of the podcast. I've I've had a wonderful time um, talking to myself, which ultimately will end up being me talking to you, but I know it's weird, but yeah, let's pretend it wasn't weird. <laughs> oh, that's a good sign-off. Let's pretend it wasn't weird. <laughs> I've been Josh Eleven. Let's pretend it wasn't weird. <laughs> Theme song.